of what we've been doing so far. Yeah, so we talked about just just kind of recapping. So week one, we talked about connecting with God on a new level and just bringing that sense of just awe and reverence and honor to that time of connection with him. You, know, you think about it, you're you're reading the word of God. Think about who he is and you're, you're sitting there reading his word or you're praying, you're communicating with the creator of the heavens and the earth. You're communicating with him through prayer. We're praising him, just bringing that honor to that time of connection with him. And then we talked about connecting spirit, soul, and physical body. And connecting spirit, soul, and physical body. We talked about incorporating several different things into one kind of 10-minute period there, which was we're going to combine things like journaling, praying in the spirit, praising, uh, moving our physical body all at the same time together to kind of unite that spirit, soul, and physical body. Because often we have that disconnect where we see all these amazing promises that God has made us, but we don't see them, haven't not seen them come into pass sometimes in our lives. It's like, wait a minute, God, you promised this, but I'm not seeing it showing up over here. And I think it's building that bridge through the soul. We talk about our Romans 12 talks about we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, building that bridge through the soul, through the mind and the emotions where all those good things that he put within us in Christ can begin to flow through us out where we actually see the result of it. Um, and just connecting those spirit, soul, and body. And we, we've talked about a little bit over this month about how God brings these beautiful solutions into our life. We begin to connect those. He begins to bring these beautiful solutions, which are these gifts from above. It's things that we could never make happen on our own in our life. And uh, I want to share a quick story about that, which is I had my gym business, uh, ran a gym business, personal training business for a long time, for those of you guys that are new. And at one point in time, I sold, I had a, a client of mine who was a chiropractor and he had something like 12, 12 locations, maybe of chiropractic, chiropractic clinics. So he was doing pretty well. And he ended up, we ended up partnering together. So technically he bought my business and I was working for him. And the gym that I had, he said, hey, let's, I want to build a bigger gym and then we're going to put chiropractic inside of it. And so I said, okay, so we, we, we leased out a bigger space and then we started to fill it with new equipment. Well, that equipment, I said, you know, what, what's the budget? He said, well, you just go pick out whatever you want and I'll buy it. And so I didn't pay anything for it. I just picked that. It was like a shopping spree, basically. Just go pick out whatever you want. Send me the invoices and I'll buy it. I said, okay. So did that. We probably got, I don't know how much was in there, probably fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of gym equipment in there. So I didn't pay anything for it. And then eventually we ended up splitting the business back apart and I went back out on my own again. And he gave me all of that equipment for free. So I didn't pay anything for it. Gave it all to me for free. Well, then I ended up several years later, uh, right before COVID happened, shut the gym down. Thankfully, God got me out right before COVID. I didn't know COVID was coming at the time. But he got me out right before COVID happened. And I ended up moving the gym. I moved uh, a good amount of my equipment into the back of a church. And the church was letting me use um, that back area for free. But I ended up just having the nudge where God wanted me to just give the church the equipment where they could use it. And they were still letting me come in and train some people if I wanted to, but it was technically there. So I gave it to them. Hey, this is your equipment. So it was given to me for free. I gave it all away for free. Well, I got a text probably six weeks ago that 
from the church that said, hey, we're thinking about expanding our middle school room. Do you want all the equipment back? So I said, uh, I guess, I guess I'll probably sell it at this point because I don't have anywhere to put it and I'm not doing as much training anymore. I said, I just have a couple people that I'm training. And so I said, I guess I'll sell it. Well, I had a little bit of business debt left. So it turns out I sold all the equipment. It was enough to pay off all the rest of the debt, number one. And then not only that, but I sold it to a guy who was a friend who has a baseball training facility. So I used to do baseball coaching as well. So I sold it to him. He bought it all, which was enough to pay the debt. And he lets me continue to keep using it to train people if I want to at the same time. And the people that I was training, the few people that I was training, is actually closer to their house as well. So it's like a shorter commute for them. And so God just, it wasn't part of, I didn't make any of that happen. God gave me this equipment completely for free. And then he, I gave it away and then he gave it back to me, let me sell it, pay off the debt. And then he lets me still keep using it to generate and train people on top of that. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't make any of that happen on my own. He he brings these solutions into our life that we can't make happen. And it's just staying connected with him. You just keep walking with him. Now, some of that, there was some having to have some obedience in there, taking the steps and doing those things. But it's just staying connected to him, staying tuned into him, following those leadings that you get on the inside. And he just begins to make these things happen in your life so um so that's what we've been talking about this week last last week we talked about connecting with our family connecting with our family on a new level it sounds like we're starting to see some of that happening i know i was experiencing it in my own life this week we talked about that that concept of catching and throwing bids so when your spouse tries to connect with you they want to play a game with you. They want to go for a walk with you. They initiate a conversation. They want to connect with you in some way. It's important that we honor those attempts of when they try to connect with us. Because to for them to reach out to you and say, hey, do you want to do this with me? Or, hey, you know, they start talking to you and we're not we're not paying attention. We're scrolling through our phone. That's dishonoring. It's very discouraging for that person. And you probably felt that on the other side. And then also making sure we throw some bids their way. We talked about using our imagination to step into their world and looking for ways. How can I be a blessing? How can I make their day better today? And just looking for some opportunities to do those things. But we also said sometimes you're going to throw those bids their way. And they're not going to catch them. And that can be discouraging and frustrating for you. And what I found personally is, I feel like something God taught me is sometimes you get those bids where you're throwing them out and people aren't receiving them. And there's the tendency to focus on the disconnect. I tried to connect with that person, but they didn't reciprocate it back to me. And we get focused on that disconnect. And the next thing you know, you're feeling down, you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling um, frustrated, whatever it may be. And then we start thinking about that and we start to magnify it. And then that grows bigger on the inside of us. And what I've learned is, is let's take, instead of focusing on the disconnect over here, let's focus on, we built that connection with God. Week one, we built the connection with God, enhanced it more, hopefully. Then we started working on connecting spirit, soul, and body, where that can flow through us. Let's focus on that side, and let's just bring our relationship with him, that grace and that goodness and that love that we experienced there. Just let it flow through us to other people. If they don't receive that bid, they don't uh, catch that bid from you, 
They don't connect with you. They don't reciprocate. Just keep focused on this side. Keep magnifying the other side over here. Because otherwise, there's a tendency to get down and discouraged sometimes. So how can I just bring the peace and the joy and the grace and the love? How can I just let that flow through me to that other person? And they may not receive it at first. And that's okay. You just keep focusing on that other side. Because otherwise, it's it's easy to get frustrated. So this week, we're going to talk about, we're on our, our kind of final week. Next week, we're going to do a wrap-up of everything, hopefully share some some of what we're seeing as we've gone through this month. But this week, we're going to focus on connecting with community. We're going to be talking about community, going through some of the concepts that we have in our program on the community blueprint. So I want to start with this. God's intent. God's intent. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 through 11. It says, God's intent was that now, when? Now. Not in the age to come. Now. Through the church. So that's the entire body working together. That right now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. And some of the versions you talk about manifold, it talks about multifaceted. Some versions say multicolored, which I find very interesting because we've got the book Cracking Heaven's Code that talks about what the different colors mean. Gives us different angles of God. The manifold wisdom of God. Think of layers and levels and angles and facets of all that God is. That the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose, he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I don't want to break that down too much tonight. I want you guys... Maybe be thinking about this verse. Just be meditating on, meditating on it over the next week. Just thinking about this. The man, that through us, right now, through the, us, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now notice, according to his eternal purpose, what's the tense here? That he already accomplished, that he accomplished. He did it. And now it's us getting united in it together. So some concepts for community. I've got a guy who is a business mentor. I don't know exact level, but he's built several successful businesses, probably a multi-multi-millionaire. And we were sitting there, sitting there one day talking in a meeting. And he's built several successful businesses. He says, you know, the key to business is culture. The key to all of this is culture. And the key to culture, he said, is coming around the table. The key to culture is coming around the table, just meeting together, communing with each other, spending time with one another, doing life together. He said, that's, that's the philosophy. And he's a believer. That's the philosophy that he takes in everything. I want that in my family. I want that in my business. I want that. We do everything together. We do it unified together, in agreement, in partnership, working together. Not me here, you here. We're doing it together as a team. That's the key. We're building this culture 
of unity and togetherness and us working together. Because when we work together, we get that manifold wisdom of God. Because you may have experiences or knowledge or resources or a network of people that you know that I don't have access to. And when we work together in partnership, God's got a revelation. He's got a word he's given you. He's got gifts and talents that he's given you. And then you got that other person that's got these this different set of gifts and talents and experiences and network and knowledge. And you start to combine those together. And now we got multifaceted. We got all the angles. We got light shining from every angle. We're working together and we develop much better plans. We stay unified. We stay working together. And so we've talked about some table turners in this community, uh, well, connection challenge. We talked about a table turner. It's just communion. What is communion? Sharing a meal, coming around the table together, sharing a meal with God, getting unified with him. We've talked about the imagination being the table turner for the soul, using our, our vision and imagination. And then this week I want to talk about, and I forgot to, I forgot one on here, but the financial table turner. You need to turn the tables financially in your life. Partnership. You need to turn the tables financially. Partnership is the thing that will make it happen the fastest. It will happen very, very quickly if you get it correct. Partnering, number one, with God. What's his vision? What's his purpose? He's got a purpose. He's got a vision. And we all have a portion in that. We all have a piece of that. And it's us combining together, linking together, working together well, that brings that manifold wisdom of God right now into the earth. So vision and partnership. So number one, it starts with God. And then if you are married, I think it goes to your spouse next. You want to turn the tables financially, get in agreement with God on your finances. And I think this is actually something we're going to do a challenge on next month is on financial partnership and stewardship. But you start with God, get aligned, get unified, get connected with him. Make him your partner. And then let's do the same thing with your spouse if you're married. Bring your kids into it if you have kids. And then if you have business partners or ministry partners, any of those types of things, how can you get unified, aligned together, doing it together, making the decisions together? That's often the missing piece. You'll see a lot of times people struggling with finances and they're not getting in agreement with their spouse. They got one spouse making decisions without the other one being on board for whatever reason, or they're they're disagreeing about it. It's better to get, even if you disagree, it's better to humble yourself and get it, find something you agree on and partner together on that and move forward together. It's better to do it that way. So building this culture of unity, bringing this culture of heaven down to earth. Unified, working together, walking in faith, walking in love, walking in humility. These are the biggest keys, I think. Now, we're going to build this culture. We talk about in my book, Pockets of Prosperity. We've got three big keys that make that happen. I think number one, we talk about sufficiency. Now, you'll see in the world, a lot of people talk about self-sufficiency. Oh, you're a self-made man or a self-made woman or these types of things self-sufficiency but in in our walk with god we want our sufficiency to be in him he's the all-sufficient one he's the one who's more than enough 
And it's learning how to rely and trust in God within you that he makes you sufficient. Okay, in Corinthians, it says that God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency at all times in everything you need, you can abound to every good work and be generous on every occasion. And it's learning to tap into that sufficiency. You got the creator, you got the God who's more than enough on the inside of you. And learning how to tap into that sufficiency that's in you. And then if we're going to work together as a team, means I've got one role I'm going to do I'm going to function in the things that I'm good at and the things that God has called me to do whatever your roles your gifts your talents are you're going to function in whatever God's called you to do but then we got to link them together and we got to work together in unity but in order for that to happen I have to trust that the other parts and and vice versa are doing good work because if I ask you know I I need something done by you that's part of your role and you don't do it then i have to step in and do it and it takes away from my thing and vice versa so you think husband and wife all right who's who's taking the kids to school who's packing the lunches who's cleaning this room who's doing the dishes you know just in a, it's simple you can use family as an example if one person doesn't do it then the other person has to overcompensate and do their role which takes away from whatever they were doing now, the, one of the best examples i heard about this this concept of doing good work and trust. It's actually a football example. I think I was watching a college football. I think it was Notre Dame. And the coach was saying the team was struggling. They were struggling on some plays because the guys were not trusting the guy next to them. And so they're trying, they're they're getting out of position because they're trying to compensate because they think their partner is not doing their job. And so we have to get to this place where we find this sufficiency on the inside and we're doing good work and others can trust us. And we got to get to this place where we partner with other people that are doing good work as well. And we can trust it because when we can trust, then we can rest. And this starts with our relationship with God. If we don't trust him to come through on his promises, then we don't rest. We keep working to try to figure it out. So he wants to model that for us. He gives us the perfect example that we can imitate in our lives that we can fully trust him if he says he's going to do something he does it and we have to learn to be the same way as part of building this culture we have to learn to trust and rely on one another and this works from the inside out starts with god it works through our family and then it begins to work out into the community and then our third one is contribution sometimes there will be times where some somebody on the team needs some help how can we Help that person. You know, hey, this is normally my role, but I got a jam-packed day. I got a busy schedule. I got something came up. I can't get to it today. And the team compensates. The team adjusts. The team is flexible and adaptable to work together. Sometimes that has to happen in the team. So those are a couple ideas. So some action steps. Shared vision. Number one, bringing this culture, just having a shared vision. That starts with, is, is your vision and God's vision for your life? Are they in alignment together? We start there. And then in your family, do you guys have a unified vision or is everybody doing their own thing? Is everybody doing their own thing in the family or do we have a unified vision? And sometimes that takes one of us or more of us humbling 
ourselves to get in alignment together. But it's better to work together at it than to go off and do our own thing. Developing that shared vision, then finding other people in the community that you can begin to partner with around a shared vision. And then we've got to have that culture just coming around the table, just meeting with other people. Bible tells us not to forsake the habit of assembling together, just having that connection time where you come together. Maybe you're sharing meals. Maybe you're meeting together. Maybe you just go get coffee. You go get lunch. And just thinking about over this next week, who could I reach out to just to connect? Maybe you go get coffee. Maybe you go get lunch. Just connect for a little bit. And then as you're doing that, I want you to think about how can you become a connector for other people? I once heard the communion meditation for today. I once heard a business coach who said the way to have a full schedule, busy schedule, products that are selling, these types of things, is to become a connector. How can you connect other people with things that they need? Maybe they need a relationship with God. Maybe they need a piece of wisdom or insight or information. Maybe they need a contact. Maybe somebody that you know in your network can be a tremendous blessing for them. Maybe you guys, maybe you have the missing piece where your purposes are meant to link together and work together. And just remembering that number four, trust is the glue that holds all this together. Because if people can't function in trust, then they can't rest and they begin to overcompensate and they don't rely on one another because they can't trust each other. And so how do we how do we develop this community of trust? I think it starts with doing what we say we're going to do. If we say we're going to do something, we promise something, we have to make sure we deliver. And as soon as we find out I can't deliver on that, I got to humble myself and say, you know what? I, I shouldn't have said that. We want to under-promise and over-deliver whenever possible. Other people have to trust that we're knowledgeable, that we know what we're doing, that we have skills and talents that maybe they don't have. Otherwise, they could just do it all themselves. We got to have good intent. If I'm going to trust God, I have to trust his intention for my life. If I'm going to trust him, I got to trust, I have to trust. He's got good intentions for me. You go back. What did we say that verse was? God's intent. You have to be able to trust the intent. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be known, made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I'm going to open it up and we can discuss and we can see what's going